Hello, this is Marissa Schaefer, and I'm here with Dancewell Podcast. Today, I'm pleased to share the last episode in our series about recovering from injury. We've been lucky enough to hear from a handful of individuals this month, including physical therapist Katrina Lee of Westside Dance Physical Therapy and New York City Ballet soloist Sarah Adams on the physiological process of recovering from an injury and what to expect from physical therapy. We've also heard from social worker Catherine Drury from the Actors Fund on the psychological hurdles encountered during healing as well as the benefits of social support. Ellie and I have had many conversations regarding how important it is to include the dancer's perspective in the study and practice of dance science and medicine. I'm therefore pleased to have been able to share the voices of several dancers this month. We opened with Mikey Winslow, who recounted his journey of recovering from a hip surgery and returning to Broadway. Next, Hope Boykin of Alvin Ailey American Dance Theater chatted with us about returning to stage after an ankle injury. And now we will hear from our friends Michael Sean Breeden and Rebecca King Ferraro, who run the fabulous podcast Conversations on Dance, talk about their experiences with injury while dancing at Miami City Ballet. Michael Sean Breeden was born in Lexington, Kentucky, where he began training at the Lexington Ballet at the age of seven. He began attending the School of American Ballet on scholarship in 2002, with additional training completed at San Francisco Ballet, Central Pennsylvania Youth Ballet, and Vostrikov's Academy of Dance. Mr. Breeden joined Miami City Ballet as an apprentice in 2006 and was promoted to the Corps de Ballet in 2008. Michael has also danced for Boston Ballet, Pennsylvania Ballet, Oregon Ballet Theater, and Suzanne Farrell Ballet. Since retiring from the stage in 2017, Michael is now a repertoire with Justin Peck, works as ballet master for Troy Schumacher's Ballet Collective, and is teaching in the New York area. Rebecca King Ferraro was born and raised in Northern California. She received her ballet training from Contra Costa Ballet Center in Walnut Creek, California. King spent two summers studying at San Francisco Ballet School. Her senior year in high school, she attended the Rock School in Philadelphia. After graduating in 2006, she moved to Miami to train at Miami City Ballet School. King joined Miami City Ballet in 2007 as a company apprentice and was promoted to corps de ballet in 2008. From 2010 to 2016, she served as a company representative on behalf of the dancers, a role similar to a union representative. In 2010, she founded a dance blog, tandusunderapalmtree.com, which has enabled her to reach out to dancers and audience members from around the globe. In 2012, Ms. King started her own social media management company where she helps her clients reach their marketing potential through online platforms. King has taught ballet master classes across the country and is currently a freelance coach in Stewart, Florida. Ms. King retired from Miami City Ballet in 2018 after an 11-year career with the company. It is my pleasure to welcome Rebecca and Michael, who join me on the phone from different states to talk to us about their experience with injury. Enjoy. Hello, this is Marissa Schaefer, and I'm here with Dancewell Podcast. And uh, hello, Michael and Rebecca, and thanks for joining me. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you so much for having us. Of We're course. happy to be here. <laughs> yeah. Um, so today we're going to be talking about injury, as is the theme of this month. Um, so let's kind of open up by starting to talk about some of the injuries you sustained while you were dancing. Oh, my goodness, a lot. Michael, why don't you start? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So I, I was lucky enough to bypass injuries for quite a while. And then um, I'd say around my final few years with Miami City Ballet, I had two things happen creeping in over time 
but simultaneously. And one was I had, I started to get a, a little tear in my Achilles and then a little tear in my patellar tendon. So both of those on the left leg. So it was really fun being like, you know, an amputee basically, oh, no. um, you know, trying to skirt around an entire leg. It's no easy task. No. So, Were yeah. you in a lot of pain? So much pain. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all the pain. Um, but, you know, it's the kind of thing that it, as dancers, we kind of train ourselves to ignore Absolutely. minor things. And it starts out as a minor thing and then becomes a chronic thing that never goes away. <laughs> so I wish that I hadn't been so comfortable with it in the beginning, you know, if mm. I could have nipped it in the butt a little bit more. But I also don't know that with my work schedule, it wouldn't have happened inevitably. Um, the time that really made both of those things explode was um, when we went to, we went and performed at, um, at Lincoln Center. Uh, Miami City Ballet was there for a week. We did seven shows and it was triple bills for me every single show. Oh my gosh. So, and there wasn't really a rest ballet either. So that, I think it just all came together and was like, you know, because of course I, it was such an exciting tour. It was something that I wanted my whole life. So I was really giving it a thousand percent. And my body just didn't have the recovery time. So at the end of that, it was kind of like, okay, you're done. Okay. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> um, yeah. But I wouldn't have wanted to pull out of that. So just like yeah. I have so many follow up questions already, Michael, but I'm going to give Rebecca a chance. Okay. But before, yeah. <laughs> before I do that, um, Sarah Adams from New York City Ballet, who's in our, uh, one of our other podcasts this month, said something to me during that interview where it's like a lot of, she hears a lot of people are, say like, I can't walk, but I can dance, you know? It's really crazy. <laughs> it's like, real, yeah. That is a real thing, not being able to walk. Yeah. And then you just do ballet somehow. Right. Yeah. It's a mental state. I know, it's really crazy. Yeah. All right, Rebecca, yeah. tell us. So I had like three-ish that were like major throughout my career. My first one was right when I um, was finishing my professional training, like right before I was looking to get a job. I had um, the very common ostrigonum, which mm -hmm. is the extra bone um, in your foot, which I know you know, Marissa, but <laughs> um, so I had surgery and had that removed, which was really just like... I'm so thankful I did that. I'm so glad I didn't have to try to, like, struggle with that my whole career. It was a really um, great blessing to have. And then I, um, you know, dealt with, like, small ankle sprains, you know, like, little things here and there, like we all do. Um, I tore my meniscus in, like, I think, like, 2012 or so, um, was able to just kind of power through that. And, you know, now it comes back to bite you later in life. Um, and my most major injury ended up kind of ending my career over a long period of time. But I um, come to find out, I ended up um, tearing my post-hip tendon in my ankle. Um, I sprained weird things. And I had bone contusions in my, um, like, in my ankle. It was, like, just a total disaster. And um, it was misdiagnosed. I wasn't diagnosed with the tear, even though it was there, you know, and so I danced on it for a whole year, a whole season, and one of which, like Michael was saying, we were both like such a disaster in New York. <laughs> I, mean, I couldn't even, 
had to, like, I couldn't change shoes because my foot was swelling so much to put on a different colored pair of point shoes. It was oh like, goodness. I had to elevate my feet in intermission. I mean, it was crazy. But it was, like Michael said, there's no way I wasn't going to do that. Like, I was going to be mm-hmm. on that stage and I was going to dance those ballets. And I had a seven centimeter tear in my tendon that oh I goodness. danced on for nearly two years. So one thing that keeps coming up for me as I'm hearing this, like, you two sounds like you just pushed through but what was the moment for both of you where you were like okay like something's got to change like what what was the psychology there Hmm. well I think once I um I don't know it was just that after that tour ended I think Rebecca you probably felt similarly that it was just like okay we have a long time before the next show's Totally. Like, it was the end of the just, season. Yeah, I'll take off this time. And, um, well, I mean, what happened with me was I I had had this happen in the past where, like, you have a nagging injury at the end of a season. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, okay, I have six weeks off. I'm just going to take everything really easy. Right. And then, you know, the time off just makes it go away. And so... I kind of did that, but then when I came back to the rehearsal period, it wasn't really going away, and then we started getting more aggressive with, um, you know, trying to diagnose and treat what I I was dealing with, but I was going kind of in and out of, I'm in the rehearsal period, I'm not in the rehearsal period, I'm going to do this, I'm not going to do this, and then it, it ended up being the first program I ever missed at Miami City Ballet. Mm-hmm. Because I was just like, I would, you know, we had to prioritize right. and um, try and get me better for the rest of the season. Um, Michael, yeah. the physical therapist in me is like, ah, let me help you. <laughs> I know. Please help us. <laughs> it's not too late. We still need help. <laughs> yeah, it's not too late. So I, exactly like you were saying, like nothing's wrong truer to me. Like you can walk, but you're dancing. Mm-hmm. Or you cannot walk, but you're dancing. Like that was happening to me. Like I was, I, like these shows in New York, I wouldn't go out in between. I couldn't, I could not physically walk anywhere and do anything mm-hmm. other than elevate and ice my foot and get therapy in between shows. Like that was my life. Mm-hmm. That was all I could do. Um, it was just so bad. And so like we had this layoff, like Michael's talking about, and that was, I think I just went into like orthopedic shoes or something like I, I should have been like in a boot for a while and like trying to figure out what was really wrong. Um, but again, just like misguided, um, way to treat it. So then we did Giselle, which for the women, when you're a Willie is just the worst ever, of course. And so I just standing on my terrible foot on stage for hours mm-hmm. yeah. and so much, I mean, cry, like I remember just like crying on stage. I was like, I'm in so much pain. Mm-hmm. And, then I found out that someone got injured and I was going to have to do every single snow and nutcracker. And that was when I was like, I cannot physically do that. Yeah. If I have to do every snow, like I will just die. <laughs> so that was when I went through a process of getting a second opinion. And I had another doctor just like, well, when did you stop dancing? I was like, oh, I'm still dancing. And he was like, why? Whoa. When yeah. does it hurt? And I said, well, it hurts when I go on point, when I jump when I stand, when I walk, when I sleep. And he goes, yeah, 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 maybe we don't dance anymore. I was like, okay. Yeah. But I just needed someone to tell me, like, now you have to stop, you know? Because right. sometimes we have to, as a dancer, it's hard to go up to an artistic staff member and say, I'm not dancing anymore. And they're like, well, who told, you know, where's yeah. this coming from? You know, you feel like you have to have, like, the backing of a doctor or physical therapist to, like, get you, um, 
you know, to not feel bad about stopping, you know? Absolutely. Did you, did you all feel at the time that you were there that you had an advocate within the kind of company staff that would do that for you? Like, did you have PTs on staff that would advocate for things like that or not so much? You know, the therapists were always trying to take their cues from us too, I think. It's Mm -hmm. a hard thing for everyone to balance because, you know, they want... They're not in your heads or your bodies, Certainly. too. They want, you know, when when it was totally necessary, of course, they would say, you know, take a hard line and say, no. Right. Yeah. You can't, you literally can't. Like, well, when a friend of ours tore her ACL, It's like, and I'm thinking about my own job. It's like you only see who walks into your space as well. Yeah, Do you that's know true. what I mean? So <clears throat> I suppose. Oh, yeah. Well, it's just, it's just like we were saying, like, no, they could have tried to tell me to stop dancing in Lincoln Center, and I would have been like, no, no way. Right. You know, like, they know there's also times when we're, we have to make the choice, too. You know, like, if, you know, in that moment, once a doctor told me, you know, it's time to stop, and I went in and I was like, it's time for me to stop. They were like, of course it is. Okay, let's stop, you know. Right. So it is, it's kind of like, they also know how hot, hot-headed we can be and how stubborn and, like, how, you know, our career is so short, so we want, we can't miss certain things, you know, or we don't want to miss it. So it's definitely it's a, a delicate, delicate line dance. for yeah, them, for sure. Um, so mentally, what was the most challenging aspect of being injured for you two? I mean, it's all challenging. You just feel, it's like, you go through, like, a grieving process. Like, I remember the first injury I had that I, where I realized I wasn't going to get better and it was permanent. Like, I felt like I was handicapped, you know, the first time, that happens to everyone, but you're used to injuries coming and going, like, oh, I have a little tendonitis and then it's gone. Who cares? You know, it was annoying, but you got over it. But then things happen where you're like, oh, that part of my body isn't going to function ever again in the same way. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like it, that's the hard thing, coming to terms with the fact that you won't be the same anymore. But then you just get very used to it as the, the more things start to pile on. Like, oh, that part of my body doesn't work and I can't do jumps on this leg in class anymore because I have to save it for... You know, a show. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, okay, so yeah, so I would think, I would say I have two things I think with this. I think that when you're like injured and out, you feel very isolated. Certainly. um, And kind of lonely, you know, like you're missing all the group activities, you're missing the big morning class where everyone's together. Like that's when you kind of like catch up with everyone, then you're all in sort of separate rehearsals throughout the day. But that's like when you see everyone and like, you know, if you're if you don't have anything going on that day, you're not there. I mean, for Miami City Valley, we all have lunch at the same time. I know a lot of companies are different, but we would all sit. There wasn't really anywhere to go on the studios. We all sit from two thirty, three thirty, and have lunch together, like family time. You know, so that kind of stuff 
made you feel like you weren't a part of things and that makes the like it enhances the feeling of like you're missing out not just on dancing but also like everything that's happening kind of and then like michael was saying when you're when you are dancing with a chronic injury, the thing that I really struggled with the most and made me feel the worst, and this was right when I was like, okay, I have to stop, is when you just feel like you either A, like Michael saying, you can't finish class. Like, I can't even remember how long it was when I was jumping in class. Like, I mean, months before I stopped, I didn't even jump in class. And then in rehearsals, like marking, that just feels so bad, you know? And now just Mm -hmm. success, just like wondering, like, why is this person not working hard? And mm-hmm. of course they would think that because it just looks like you're not doing your job, you know, and it just feels terrible. Yeah. You know, you feel like you just can't give what you know you want to and what you have to offer. And that's just like, that was so discouraging for me right towards the end. Yeah. I, I don't know if this is going to make it in in the end, but just an aside, like, Mm-hmm. Do you can either of you imagine like a space in which, like the mentality within the studio is changed enough so that it's okay if you're injured or not dancing, and it's okay if you make a choice for your body that you know is right for now. Does that make sense? I don't know. I think some people are able to make those choices, mm-hmm. and I would mm-hmm. say that those people are principals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just think when you're in the core ballet and you're struggling to define yourself and to um, continue to vie for attention and roles and, uh, you know, um, sort of seniority and that sort of thing, it's like once you take away one component, of, you know, you have, I feel like you have a few things. You have, like, your, your intelligence, how quickly you can learn ballets, how well you can retain corrections, how um, you, you know, you put into action what is being asked of you that like your intelligence mm-hmm. you have that you have your work ethic you know which is you know, that just that how hard you can work in order to continue to improve right. and then you have your natural talent what you've been given but if you take a, like that was what was so hard because that's like you're fully taking away one of those things you need mm-hmm. to achieve success Fair. right so yeah. If that was, and especially, I think, for Rebecca and myself, I'd say that was, like, one of the bigger factors mm-hmm. in what, how successful we were in the company. So then it really feels like an uphill battle. Absolutely. Yeah. Because then you're just relying on what I hope that they remember I'm smart. Mm-hmm. Right. And, like, keep the space for me. But, you know, the, the, the staff is very used to seeing you, like, bust out you know for your life right like i I remember when we did lip hat nurse we're only getting on the mic for our final dress rehearsal going mikey stop dancing stop (laughs) stop (laughs) just stop doing it yeah because that was just always like our mentality like work 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 and so then you're at a place where you can't do that so it's just, you feel disgusting. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, Michael and I were such full-out dancers, I feel like. Well, Michael's still dancing. But, like, you know, like, I always wanted to just be, like, mostly on stage, you know, just, like, use all of my energy, like, everything I could. And so it's, like, not being able to do that mm. felt really yucky. So in terms of also, like, the 
an otherwise miserable process. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I saw care in New York because I felt very comfortable coming into the city, um, having gone to school with American Ballet, having known those doctors and therapists for a long, long time. So that's the way that I chose to, you know, build my recovery. Mm-hmm. So I think it's just you have to find the people that work for you, you know. And, and I hear so many people have different different opinions on different doctors or therapists. And, you know, it can be night and day. Some person, you know, I've heard really, um, you know, prestigious doctors that people use all the time. I've heard people, oh, my God, don't go to them. Yeah. They, they ruined this for me, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And then other people say, well, they saved my career. So mm-hmm. it gets scary, but you have to find the person that... That's right for you. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I, I think personality is a big thing, too, because you're going to be cozying up to that person for a second uh-huh. <laughs> and asking them yeah. for your advice. So I know, like, for me, I, I had a back surgery that ended my career. And I think the biggest thing for me um, was finding a surgeon who... I felt like listened to me um, and like actually and kind of in a way made the surgery my choice, you know? So it was like, it's not that his credentials are better than anybody else's per se, mm-hmm. right? but I felt safest, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what happened with my surgeon as well. I mean, the first time I met him, it was like, and you know, you know how everyone says surgeons get paid to do surgery and then that's why you shouldn't go see a surgeon because then they're just going to want to operate on you. I mean, I went, I think, six to nine months probably under his treatment like trying everything under the sun which i had already tried a lot of the things but we were trying them you know in a different way under his care you know like he exhausted every option then i remember the last time that i saw him right before my surgery i'd gotten an mri to kind of like see where we were and he walked in the room he's like okay so when did you do surgery and it was just about i was like yeah that's the right thing to do now like we've obviously done everything and he was like we don't even know it's so swollen we don't know what's going on in there so we're gonna go in we're gonna find out and then there was tons of things to fix you know and i don't you know i can't plie very like fully yet it's really still coming back but like i i mean i was in constant pain and i don't have that pain at all anymore and it's i'm so grateful for it if i hadn't done surgery i mean that was the only way to fix it yeah so it seems like both of you had um reasons to leave miami and rebecca you for you be with your husband and michael for you be with you know a group of practitioners that you knew because you grew up with them um what would it have been like for you two to stay in Miami? Would that would have would that have been something that was okay with you, or would you do you prefer leaving? I mean, it's it's hard to say, I guess. Yeah. I, I mean, think, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Michael. No, yeah, I, I um, it just all was kind of coming together yeah. um, in the way that made sense. I had always intended to move back to New York, mm-hmm. so. Um, you know, the injury was really, you know, difficult to deal with. I kind of wasn't, um, I felt like a good moment to move into the sort of things that I knew that I would want to do after my ballet career. Right. Um, so I don't know. It just made sense to bow out, move up to New York so that I could get mm-hmm. moving on the next on step yeah. and also simultaneously try to uh, recover from what I was dealing with. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what I kind of did. I mean, I really had like that trial year of like, which was 
kind of cool in a way because I knew I still could go back if I was able to heal. So I was really focused on physical therapy um, and, you know, healing. But, you know, Michael and I, had, we launched the podcast, our podcast conversations on dance like our last year, in, like a last full year in a company. So I was injured, but Michael was still dancing. So we were working on that. And then we're like, oh, this will be great. We'll be able to continue that, you know, this year, the year that was my um, year off and when Michael's first year of retirement. Um, so we had that to focus on. You know, I started to do some other, like, career transition things just to, like, dip my toe and kind of see um, what it was going to be like. And I actually um, was treated – my surgery was in New York. So I went to New York also um, for treatment, which I was really um, – very very grateful to be able to do and grateful that workman's comp was able to you know do that for us at miami city valley so that was really um lucky so i just think you know it's kind of the cards all fell in the right way like it was that was just kind of the way it was supposed to happen i think you know i could have tried to fight my way back to going back to dancing like maybe but it would it would have been like starting from the bottom in a way a little bit and it was helpful that the following season was you know, I remember looking at the programming and being like, oh, I'm so lucky I got to dance all those ballets already. You know, like, yeah. right. we really, we had a great career and we danced wonderful rep and it's, you know, it's good to be able to look at it that way too and absolutely. be like, I don't really feel like I'm missing out so much because I did that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what do you think being injured has taught you two about yourselves? Uh, I guess kind of, um, to, uh, I don't know, lessen the amount of pressure you put on yourself that, and to trust yourself more. That's what I guess you really have to go into because I used to really, um, I wouldn't say that I was an anxious performer, but I would have a level of stage fright before and like I remember Justin Peck making fun of me because he'd watched my warm-ups before a ballet he was like you did the whole ballet how are you gonna do the ballet again and I'd be like well now that I know I can do the ballet because I did the step right before I had to do the step for real but um then you just get to a place where you have to like listen to yourself and trust yourself and know that you've done the ballet 500 times you you know, it it isn't that different from uh, the rehearsal process, right. unless you choose to focus on that. Right. You know, unless you choose to make it this big deal. If you can just like narrow it down to steps that you've been doing for weeks, um, you know, you can you can trust that you're going to be okay. Absolutely. Like I remember at at um, State Theater when we were doing our our New York tour. I was so tired, but like I didn't, I also wasn't panicked because, and I think a few years ago I would have been, a few years prior to that I would have really panicked, but I just remember one show of something three was so, so I had done two triple bills the day before, you know, triple bills every day, and then Saturday and Sunday were a matinee and evening, oh, yeah, yeah. so it was the evening show on Sunday, and I just had zero, yeah. like I was done and I you know I was you're kind of so warm from the matinee you know I had danced three ballets in the matinee it wasn't Mm -hmm. like I hadn't done anything I remember it was like the first and it was the first time in my life before I entered the stage I literally like cracked my toes and then sauteed on like I was like (laughs) I cannot do anything I I was just like you're either you're gonna get the ballet and that's it but I could 
couldn't warm up at all. But I had to trust myself and know, you're fine. Don't be in your head about, you know, being, not being perfect, not doing what you think you were supposed to do right. to get to this point. Right. Yeah. I think that the biggest thing that I learned, and it's like something I wish I could like go back in time, is just that it's okay to be injured. Yeah. And it's okay to ask for time. And I'm not saying anyone told me it wasn't. It's just I always felt like it was almost like a made-up thing mm-hmm. where I thought, like, oh, if I'm not dancing, they're going to look at me this way or that way. And I sometimes I see younger dancers in the company doing that, and I, like, now I feel like I talk to them about it because I don't want them to get to this, like, they're so insecure in their jobs just because everyone is, especially when you're younger, that it's like if you take a little bit of time off now, it's less time later, you know? And I think as dancers, we push, push, push. And I think, like, I was even thinking about it this morning, preparing for this um, interview, thinking, like, if I had just been, when I originally sprained my ankle, if I had just been in a boot for, like, three more weeks, I may have healed that tendon, Mm -hmm. and it may not even have happened. But, like, it just, that wasn't the trajectory that was put in place for me, you know? And so I just really, I think that dancers know their bodies so well, and sometimes they try to ignore it, and I just think you're tuned in. That whole time I was like, I know I need surgery, like in the back of my head. And I remember my last show that I danced Giselle, I was like, I have a feeling I just did my last professional ballet. Yeah like performance I was like I have a feeling and then it's that's exactly what happened and I but it was like a thought in my mind that I pushed away because it was like scary to think but it my body just knew you know so I think that just like we have to listen to our bodies and take time now so it's less time later I just it's really important and I think kind of picking up on that thread and speaking from my own experience like having the language to be able to advocate for yourself which for me is the hardest part um in closing, like what what advice? I mean, you've you've already started giving this, but like if you had to stand up in front of a room of apprentices or you know kids in SAB, what advice would you give them um, about dealing with injury now that you've been through some of your own? I, I think it's just listen to your body from the beginning. Beginning, don't take it for granted. I used to. I mean, I remember when I was that age, I thought I wore it as a badge of honor. Right. Like I don't go to therapy. Oh, I'm. You know, that's for like the week. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I really. I didn't go to see a physical therapist for like my first four years in Miami City Ballet. Wow. I just didn't feel that was necessary. Yeah. yeah. And you know, I also part of my. Part of me might have been intimidated by, um, you know, what I would have perceived as taking from older company members. You know, I was Certainly. very concerned with, yeah. you know, deferring. To, like taking spots from them, you mean? Like yeah. Taking their PT yeah. time, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's real. That's real. But um, you have It's to, that fear again. It's that fear of a young dancer. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's just you have to, you know, just listen from the, the beginning of anything. Just, you know... Prevent, you know, what is it? Uh, oh, what's the expression? Uh, something, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. Oh, I is like that. that. Yeah. Sounds right. Some, I like it. Something like I'll that. I'll be using that. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, just, you know, start, get ahead of yourself rather than wait till the last minute and then, oh, you know, now you can't perform. Right. 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 I think, too, I think that there's a sense of, um, 
like when you're a kid, your body doesn't hurt the same way as when you get older. And there was like a lot of things that I could have done for myself, especially like my early years. I always, always, always warmed up for shows, of course. But like sometimes for rehearsal, I'd be like, oh, it's fine, like whatever, because it w- I wouldn't feel like an impact afterwards. It wouldn't like hurt me after. But I like once I started to get older and was dealing with injuries, I started to have like really good warm up routines that like included strengthening stuff that was just like basic injury prevention things that you know we learned from physical therapists and I just think like implementing those things like like Michael saying like preventatively before I just like wonder how my body would have aged if I was you know able to implement those sorts of things earlier mm-hmm. and this would have been you know it would be interesting to see and I think you know that's when that w- I would definitely suggest doing that getting like a really good early morning routine that you don't even have to like really think about you just like do it Mm -hmm. then you're ready for class and that's it you know you're just ready for the whole day yeah absolutely um you can listen to Jenny Green's episode. <laughs> Not to promote my own podcast. But she talks about the ins and outs of warming up and cooling down and gives some really great suggestions to those of you who are listening. Oh, awesome. Um, thank oh, you yeah. both so much for sharing uh, some of your insight about your own injury. And uh, also, again, to those of you listening, you really should go uh, onto iTunes or wherever you get your podcast and listen to Conversations on Dance because it's pretty great. So I think you guys did a great <laughs> job. <laughs> um, and, and thanks again for joining me. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much fun. for having us. Of course. Yeah. Um, is there somewhere where our listeners could reach you or go see your podcast? Or I said I said iTunes, but is there a website? Yes. Well, you can find us on anywhere you listen to podcasts, right? Yeah, and definitely (laughs) connect with us on social media. On Instagram is at Conversations on Dance, and we have a Facebook page. Um, We always are posting on there when we have uh, new episodes, which I'm going to work on later today, getting the newest one up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, yeah, definitely. Thank you so much for letting us plug the pod. We appreciate it. Of course. And uh, take care. We'll talk to you again later. All right. right, Thank thank you. you Bye. On behalf of Ellie and myself, I, Marissa Schaefer, want to say thank you to all of our listeners for joining us on this episode of Dancewell Podcast. Like what you hear? Go to Stitcher, iTunes, or SoundCloud and search Dancewell Podcast and subscribe. You can also view all of our episodes and learn more about this podcast by visiting our website at www.dancewellpodcast.com. We wouldn't be where we are without generous contributions from our listeners. Your contributions help pay for our SoundCloud membership, website fees, upgrades, and our recording technology. If you too would like to make a contribution to DanceWell, please follow the link in the description of this podcast to visit our GoFundMe page. We thank you in advance for your support. And lastly, if you have questions or want to get in touch, email us at dancewellpodcast at gmail.com. Bye.